Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life, and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody, and thank you all for coming to tonight's Come for Supper. So this evening, we have two very special guests, a couple who have fed us incredibly well for the last seven years with their colorful, comforting, and glorious food. Beginning with a humble site in Fitzrovia, they are now parents of three, Honey and Co., Honey and Spice, and Honey and Smoke. And their food has captured the hearts and stomachs of many and has led on to three cookbooks and a food column. They also have an appetite for conversation and have their own series of Honey & Co. food talks, which, like tonight, you can also listen to as a podcast. I'm so thrilled to welcome them onto Come for Supper. Welcome, Sarit Packer and Itama Strolovic. Hello. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so nice to hear someone say nice things about you. Yeah. you really know, you nice. I could have gone on longer, but yeah, I'm always no, like... No, please do. We don't, <laughs> we don't often get it. When we come to work, I think it's the opposite. Yeah. We just have... Uh, Once we get told off. You told need to have off. it play. It. You know what? Once this is recorded, you can just play it as you enter yes, the restaurant. Yes, play yes, it. yes. That's what you should do. Exactly. Yeah. Let's get speakers. <laughs> yeah, so how so are good. you both and where have you come from this evening? Uh, we're very well. We came from college. We came from college? Yeah, yeah, we've gone back to college in, in our old age, but we learned ceramics. Oh, so cool. Ceramics yeah. college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Pottery. that's so exciting. Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit to the beginning and delve into your love story and ask, where did you meet and what was it that brought you both together? We met in a kitchen, which surprisingly. It mm -hmm. seems to be the only place we've been for the last uh, 20 years. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were working actually in an Italian restaurant in Israel, um, because at the time, which was like 17 years ago, Israel wasn't really cooking any kind of local food. It was mostly looking to the West for food, and it was an Italian restaurant, and um, I was working there, and Itamar kind of... Sort of wafted in yeah. and out in a very casual <laughs> manner. manner. <laughs> very late, yeah. usually. Yeah, I was kind of almost freelancing in that kitchen. I was very uncommitted, very uncommitted. Yeah. He, he didn't bring the love into that kitchen, yeah, I have to no. say. Um, and we kind of started hanging out in the same group of friends, but really it was a very slow burn in terms of us getting together. He was quite annoying, and I was quite annoying. Yeah, we're, st we're, still we're still waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> still burning slowly. It's burning slowly. No, but you know, at 17 years, it's not bad. And you talk in your book so vividly about about food and kind of food memories. I saw something today that was saying that recipes are really stories. And I think you both, you definitely do that incredibly well. 
I wondered if you could both perhaps share one of your kind of early stories that surrounds food, your earliest memories. Um, for me, I have like really strong memories of cooking with my mum in the kitchen, things that you wouldn't expect, like from very young, like four or five, like helping my mum mince meat. She had like this crazy, you know, Kenwood attachment. Machine, and, yeah. Yeah, and it was the most exciting thing for me as a kid to just put those pieces there and see them come out as these like ugly like worms on the other side. I, I just absolutely loved that. Um, and doing all those kind of things, like, you know, potting peas, all these kind of things that she would just keep me busy with so that I didn't drive her crazy. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people who end up working in food tend to have really strong food memories from very early age. I, I also I can't remember a time that I wasn't in the kitchen cooking with, with anybody who was there, you know, you know, with, with my mom, my father, my brother, my grandma, everywhere. But I do remember I do remember going to a restaurant, I used to love that. Like as mm-hmm. a kid going out to a restaurant is such a luxury and it's so exciting. And I remember the the first time we went to a seafood restaurant. I, I guess I was like five or six, something like that. And the first time I had prawns, and that wow. was just like such a revelation. It, it, was, it was for so me actually. Mine was just here in Chinatown, and like really, do you know that there used to be like the, yeah, what was it called? New, New World. World, New World, and we you did know that with the well. with the trolley World, that the sticks trolley. to the floor that it's so yeah. yeah. And we came to to London for a visit, and I, my uncle took us out there, and we had this like massive table and all these dim sums, and he just kept pulling everything <laughs> out. And I just remember like tasting a prawn, tasting a dim sum for the first time. Wow. Yeah, but I I always think you know, it's just like going out was such an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. A restaurant, and you know, for us, we're just like you know, you go somewhere and you have, you drink what you drink, you eat what you eat, you talk a lot. But for a kid, you know, going out, like whenever we have children in the restaurant, it's it's really hard, especially in Honey and Co. That is so small, yeah. and you have a child that may be, you know, screaming. But I'm just thinking, you know, this kid maybe will remember this meal all his life. Yeah, and it's quite magical. Yeah. So you both came to London. Is it 16 years ago now? Yeah, we got, yeah, we got married like and yeah. and. Moved two months after we got married. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, we, big move. Yeah. Well, we kind yeah. of. I always say it was a visa marriage because we got a visa <laughs> marriage. Because <laughs> I have a British passport, and the only way that we could move was to get married. So yeah. that was kind of why we got married pretty early on in the relationship, because we knew we wanted to come. Actually, we thought to all of Europe. We thought we were going to do loads of traveling, and we kind of got stuck in the UK for quite, you know, since. It does but, that to yeah. you in London. <laughs> it, it kind of absorbs you, and it takes. You in. Yeah, it but takes. It's very easy to fall in love with yeah. this town, and it's yeah. very easy to find a place here. And it was also easy to travel from here everywhere else, so we didn't feel the need to move again and stuff like that. But anyway, so we kind of yeah, did it quickly. Stayed here, yeah. And you were working. You were you were both working in restaurants before setting up Honey and Co. You were both working in restaurants in in London as well. What was 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 that enjoyable? Yeah, I mean... Yes and no. I mean, yeah. if, you, yes. if you work... It's not like, you know, I don't need to say, you, you know, you work a line or you work a... It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. It's very demanding, very unrewarding, you know, financially. And if you work in the wrong place, it can be soul-destroying. Mm-hmm. If you don't work in a kitchen that, you know, that gels with you, it can be really difficult. And... Uh, but in, uh, on yeah. the same tack, the ones that do are amazing. Are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, get, you find your best friends there, you enjoy it, you have this kind of sense of camaraderie and of like really enjoying the food, the process, like everything about it. So it, it can have both, and we've you had both. You learn a lot, you know? yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a mixed bag, but we did 
we were lucky in the sense, you know, that we worked at the OXO and I think it was an amazing kitchen at the time. I don't wow. know now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed there for a long time and we learned a lot. And then we moved to Otolengi. We stayed there for nice. a long time. Yeah. And, you know, for years and years we were there. And that was an amazing place. You know, probably still is, but you know, well, it was an amazing place kitchen, yeah. at the time. Uh, and we learned so much. Yeah. So it was, uh, I think we were very, very lucky. Did you feel prepared when you opened Honey & Co? Because I think opening a restaurant is very different to just working on one. It's suddenly you're doing 25 jobs, not yeah. just... I, I don't think there's anything that prepares you. Yeah, no, but I think, <laughs> it's, I think it's a lot like, like uh, you know, again, on a, on a much smaller scale, like being a parent, nothing really prepares you. And we thought we were prepared. We were very, you know, stupidity helps, I think, and naive, naivety <laughs> helps. Yeah, it is bliss because we thought, yeah, it'd be fine, you know. Yeah, we thought and we've been managing other kitchens for so long. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we've had our teams, we've hired, we know how to do suppliers. We thought it's as easy as that. Yeah, but and then, like, then we opened the doors and we're like, oh, we've never busted a table in our lives. We've never taken an order in our lives. Because you, you, were, you were working front of house at the beginning, right? Well, kind of, yeah. Everyone was, doing everything. Yeah, yeah, it was... Well, no, I don't do front of house, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not good at it. Oh <laughs> I feel like you could do it. Yeah, she's very sweet when she comes out to the table. She's very, very sweet. Uh, but uh, I don't take plates. <laughs> I just drop them on people. Like it's a really bad. Well, idea. so you made them. I'm like, if you made the food, no washing up, no, no kind of. No, waiting. also I'm really yeah. short, so like it's really hard to like lean over someone <laughs> and put a plate down. So this is what we learned in the states. We were just in the states, uh, and they say, "Pardon my reach." Pardon my reach. Yeah. Okay. I use that now. Pardon my reach. Yeah, I'll yeah. use that. That's yeah. a good yeah. one. I reach Pardon all the time. <laughs> it's meant yeah. to be rude, isn't it? Reaching. I remember. I I remember when it opened. It had this real kind of freshness, but also quite a kind of like homely charm to it. It didn't feel quite like you were sitting in someone's kitchen, but it felt a little bit like a hybrid between a kitchen and a restaurant. And is and uh, in fact, all of them have that. You know, Honey and Smoke, which is so much bigger. There's so much room. You can, you can reach far. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even that has that kind of homely charm. Thank you so much. Is that, Thank you're you welcome. So much. Yeah. Thank you. But is, is that something you, that is important to you? Is it something you want your kind of diners to feel? Yeah. But we, we didn't have this as a design. Okay. We just didn't know any better because yeah. we, never, we never had a restaurant before. We only knew how to host people at home. So this is what we did. And actually, in Honey & Co., the kitchen downstairs was so domestic that when we kind of took it over, we kind of said, well, the only thing we can cook is the food we cook at home because yeah. this can't be fancy. There's no, there's no equipment here. There's no space. Like, it has to be something that you would serve at a dinner party at home. And yeah. it kind of evolved more and more into feeling like it is just eating in our home. And because it's so small and everyone's kind of touching everyone, then that was... It just happened. Yeah. Your latest book as well, Honey & Co. At Home, mm-hmm. which is obviously all about the food that you cook at home. So I hope I'm right in assuming that you like to entertain. Do you guys like to entertain at home? Yeah. You, like, you like a dinner we really party? Do. For the sole reason, like the biggest reason, is that you can just roll to bed afterwards. Yeah, that's true. And you don't Actually, need that's to why I don't like down. going out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons. You want, I, I mean, like you want to have yeah. friends. You want to meet with friends. You want to have nice food. You want to have, you know, drink and talk shit, sorry. Yeah. But you, you do. This is what fine. you want to do. 
But what you don't want to do is trek home from Stoke Newington. No, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so people coming over is is the best way for us to not have to go anywhere. Yeah. So talk me through an evening. What what do I get when I come to the okay. honeys? For okay, okay, okay. It depends who so you are, you know. No. Okay. It so you've had a, you've had a lot of time as well. I'm just gonna say you've both had kind of four days off from from work something's happened Excuse me? yeah what, you've, what I know. happened yeah. something happened Did we close so all got, the restaurants yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've, got, you've had a lot of time yeah so you you know you could do whatever you wanted maybe you've got kind of seven people coming over are there you know what is it starter I mean, that, that main we do often forget yeah that we invite people over okay it has been known to happen and then we always say like when when the book came out we say oh do you know how you invite people over and then you forget and we expect everyone to be like, yeah, this happens. But no one ever does. It only happens to us. So we're assuming that we remember okay. that you're coming. This yeah. is yes. the assumption, yeah? Um, very rarely we do starter main type situation. Yeah, more like sharing. But often we would have something to give people as they come. Mm-hmm. Because you want that. Like if we, you know, if we, it'll, it'll be like olives or radishes or vegetables mm. or something like that in a dip. Or if we have time to be more involved, then we will bake something like a cheesy something. Yum, a cheesy yeah. something. Yeah, also you want you want to come in like if you go you go in somewhere and it smells of like hot cheesy something. <laughs> immediately, you know, you relax because you know <laughs> the cheese is relaxed. Yeah, yeah, the cheese is you're gonna get hot cheese, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there'll be like a bread, or there'll be you know, there's always like a salad in the the, the idea is at the start that. Because we don't like to mess around when people are there. So all this kind of first stage it tends to be somewhere on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, no? Yeah. And then we like to over-cater. Yeah. I think we always over-cater. I don't think that ever we had a situation that we said... Oh, we, we needed more food We now. needed more food. <laughs> it never happens. Like, usually we would send people with boxes. With food, yeah. Nice. Uh... But I think what I am craving to cook now is a recipe that we always bring from back for Christmas in the restaurants, but at home it's better, which is a recipe, a Jordanian recipe that's called mansaf. And it's, it's a it's torture to make. It's like <laughs> so painful because you, you need to braise the lamb in lots of spices and then you take the cooking liquid and you cook rice in that, and you save some, and you make a sauce with that. But at the end of it, you have the most gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous plate of food because the rice takes on that kind of meaty, spicy flavor from the lamb. The lamb is completely melting. The sauce is kind of yogurty and savory. It's stunning. And you have, like, uh, almonds and raisins on top and parsley. So if I have, like, a clear two days to cook... I'll do that for you. Yeah, like a celebration. It's a celebration. Yeah. And then actually we, we were in Jordan in the winter and we went to a family home. They cooked it for us, which is, you know, it's a massive deal. And then you eat it with your hands. So you get like a pile of rice, a pile of meat on top, the yogurty sauce, and you, sta- you eat it standing up. And One it's hand hot, be- yeah. like really hot. Really hot. <laughs> <They're just laughs> And you stand in a circle around it, and you kind of roll little balls of rice and meat. Oh, that's deep, hot. Dip it in the yeah. sauce, and then just like pop it in your mouth. And of course, we were covered in sauce, head to toe. <laughs> and they were all so elegant, like not a speck of rice anywhere. <laughs> but it was just magic. It was magic. We will give cutlery. Okay. 
feel bad. Okay, you'll give cutlery. Yeah. Okay, you will nice. get cutlery. We get cutlery. Yeah. Cool. What about pudding? Do you? I mean, because sweet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. yeah I was going to say yeah, non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. And a lot of people say like, you know, oh yeah, casual people coming over. You don't need to offer dessert. They're lying. Yeah, they're lying. <laughs> they're they're lying. lying. I agree. People, you know, people came to your house from Stoke Newington. They crossed down. <laughs> You're not going to give them dessert. Are you crazy? <laughs> I agree. I agree. I would be like, what are you doing? People? No, even if there's 20 minutes to make dinner. You can do something. we've just remembered someone's coming. You still have dessert. You have to have dessert. So what's a kind of foolproof... I've got 20 minutes till someone's coming to dessert. Cookies, chocolate cookies for me. Wow, all that's all a the kind time. of like last minute thing. Because I didn't it, think you about know, it. You probably have all the stuff. Always, yeah, always. you usually Flour, have butter, all this eggs. time. You have all this stuff. It doesn't take long. Yeah. Actually, you know, after a meal, you maybe you don't want like a full mm. elaborate cake, something. You want a little something sweet, maybe with coffee, maybe with grappa in my house. There's always grappa. Yeah. Uh, also, if there's ice cream always. in the freezer, then yeah. hot cookies, ice cream, grappa. Yeah, delicious. Delicious. Yeah. And it's really, it's not, it's not work. Like making cookies, it's not work. But well, you don't make them. Well, <laughs> for, me, for me, it's not work. Work for me. <laughs> for me, it's not work. About? I, I, would, I do admit. So do you ever squabble in the kitchen? You know, sometimes, you know, two, two cooks in the kitchen can there, be a lot. There are never two cooks in our kitchen. No, never, we don't work ever. together. Never. Okay, so... No, that, no I can't. Never, okay. no. So we used not, to. We will, not, we will not squabble in the kitchen because we will not go into the no. kitchen together. Yeah, that's agreed understanding. No. Oh, yeah. Now that's why you've lasted. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we start, I mean, we used to cook in the same kitchens all the time <laughs> for other people. But as yeah. soon as we started cooking for ourselves in the same kitchens or at home, then there's, yeah, there's a nice separation. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> the only one who be. becomes a nightmare in the kitchen. No, but else. because you do want, we have, uh, we've discovered, and this is really strange because we would, you know, in, at work, for example, we would have, you know, you run a kitchen and people need direction and they need to know what they're doing. Things need to be managed. And then we would focus all our attention towards managing each other mm. and nobody else, <laughs> nothing else. And of course, we don't want to be managed because we're both adults. Adults. And yeah, we d so we don't need to be told what to do. So we get angry at each other, mm -hmm. but nothing happens as we want it. So we get angrier still. Nobody else does anything. So we don't work in the same kitchen anymore. And at home, if somebody goes to cook, then the other would just vanish as far away because they want to enjoy their time not cooking. Also, someone has to do the washing up afterwards. Yeah. So you, someone you has to not be in the kitchen. Want to enjoy their time cooking as well. Yeah. You just said. Uh, and, interesting. and enjoy the time not cooking. Yeah, but, but it's interesting to, to, because to use kind of cooking as a, a, a way of kind of winding down. I was reading when you were writing about food, you know, we think of comfort food, but we rarely do we think of comfort cooking. Mm. Um, and you, you both spend, you know, a lot of time around food. So it's interesting that cooking is a way of kind of winding down. It is though. And it's, it's like, a, it can be really relaxing, you know, if you if it's something you enjoy, you know, it's, it can be, you know, just like your time messing about, you listen to Radio 4, or listen yeah. to, to a podcast, we always <laughs> listen to a podcast. Nice. And you're kind of half engaged and half not, and you just unwind. Hmm. Mellow out. Yeah, yeah. And I love, you know, I love also that you have a little project in the kitchen, mm -hmm. like that you follow recipe to the letter that is, I don't know, Vietnamese or, you know, something that's not familiar to you, but you're really focused and you measure the tablespoons and you say, 
what do you mean golden brown and all these things, <laughs> but you are really following <laughs> it to the letter and nothing else exists. Yeah. And then you're, you know, if, if it's a good recipe, then you're surprised with the results yeah. and you've learned a lot of things on the way. A little achievement. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's, there's nothing at stake. You know, what's going to happen? A bad meal? Fine. You know. <laughs> So what about catastrophes then? What about bad meals? Has there ever been a time, either at home, maybe when entertaining, or in the restaurant where things just went to shit? Thankfully in the restaurant, no. But, you know, I mean, you drop things. Yeah, yeah, things happen. This happens. You can burn a whole batch of something. This can happen. This is, you know. But uh, at home, there's been plenty. There's some, like, memorable meals. (laughs) 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 Memorable for all the wrong reasons. Um, but uh, Ithamar writes in one in the book like really well about one of these evenings where he was trying um, to surprise me uh, with a kind of very romantic uh, dinner um, and Which I we was, never do yeah. we would never do that but you know how you see like in a, on TV you'd hey, like, you'd be like oh yeah date night and then she comes back and there's candles and food and it's like oh so romantic and we thought <laughs> Like, I can never do anything on American TV, but this I can do. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is achievable for me. So I tried that and I followed the recipe kind of, like we said, exactly like measuring and everything. And it was a really, really complicated recipe for a whole fish. It's called Westlake fish. It's a Chinese recipe. And you cut the fish in half lengthwise. And then you have a male side and a female side. And the male side you need to cut in half again. And then you need to poach them in different... W- a nightmare. But, like, it's not, not, not our usual style of cooking, which is, like, chuck it in the pan and run. <laughs> but uh, I had to do the sauce. And, you know, I drank the sauce because I thought it was my wine. It was just, like, soy and vinegar, <laughs> and it was horrible. So I had to make it again. And then I was so focused on, on, the, on the making of it that I made a little uh, mistake swapping salt for sugar. Mm-hmm. And I came... No, sugar for salt it was. Sugar for salt. No, yeah, you put salt instead of sugar. Yeah, so it was four tablespoons of salt instead of sugar, (laughs) plus all that soy. The sugar sugar I could have handled, it was taking that first bite. First of all, I was suspicious, because why is he making this dinner? Like, yeah, yeah. What's good? What have you done? What's he done wrong? Like, (laughs) something's happened. And I was coming home from work and I'm like, what happened? Like, why are you cooking this meal? What's going on? Because, you know, you dimmed the light and I said, I'll do candles. And then you don't need, it doesn't need to be as tidy as, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Because this is why, this is the whole point of candles. Okay. But yeah. then we had like a yucca plant near it that caught fire. So oh the my fire God. Alarm. It was like, a, just like a chain, a chain, a chain of catastrophes. Mm-hmm. It was really And how was the fish then? The, it was the salty so fish. horrible. <laughs> like seriously, I was so excited. It smelled amazing. It looked absolutely beautiful. And it I looks just amazing because you, you put it all back together so it's looked like the whole fish. And it has kind of a glossy it was a we should try it again sometime. <laughs> 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 kind of scarred. But I took like the biggest bite and spat it out. Oh, like no. it was so, 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 so salty. 
recipe writing is very, in my eyes, it's very different to cooking because you know you, you're having to kind of you can't just boil something till it's done. You've got to boil it for six and a half minutes, and you've got to put kind of tablespoons and measuring things out. And I find that quite removed sometimes from the home. It's the opposite thing. of cooking. Yeah, is it's it, is it frustrating? It yeah. is, but it's not frustrating at all because actually. We didn't start writing cookbooks until yeah. we started hiring chefs to work for okay. us. And all the chefs that we had hired, none of them were, had the food culture that we had mm. come from. And we would cook without, we still cook without recipes, which they get very angry at us that we do now. But we'll go into a kitchen and just cook with the food because we know it and we know what it's supposed to do and what the stages are. But when we took these chefs on, because you, we can't do everything, you have to really, really explain to them mm. every stage because you want every time that, even from the basics of hummus, you want every batch of hummus that is made in your restaurant to taste good. Like it can't sometimes be, you know, crunchy or, you yeah, know, yeah. it just or can't. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, or watery or not salted or not lemon. Like it, it has to have everything. And you need to really know how to explain to them what that is. And that's how the first book actually came about because we started writing all the recipes for the yeah. restaurant properly with times, with ovens, with, you know, how you spread it on a tray, like ridiculous things. But you need to do that because otherwise your chefs are lost in, mm -hmm. a, in a world of, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? And you can, I still say this, that you can have six pastry chefs and give them an exact recipe for, for a cake and end up with six yeah, different cakes. Yeah, no, that's true. So, so you've got to, like, as much as possible fine-tune those little details on where they can go wrong. And people will still go wrong, and that's okay. There is, like Itamal says, it's just food. It's, it, it can't go that wrong. It's going to be tasty. Yeah. And, but, what, yeah. and what about um, uh, your favorite kind of food writers and cookbooks? I know that you like mm. cookbooks. We love cookbooks. Yeah. Do you, how many cookbooks do you have then? Do you have lots of cookbooks? Like over 500 now, yeah, wow. maybe. Yeah. It's a problem, Everywhere. isn't it? Cookbook addiction. It's a problem. Everywhere. And what, what happens later, and this is even the word we didn't even realize, but when we started doing the podcast is you start getting sent a whole lot of yeah, books as well. So like, there's some people that write beautifully. Yeah. Uh, so Diana Henry writes brilliant. beautifully. Her I mean, recipes, though, as well, are yes. also brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you, they're really informative without being patronizing. Yeah. Which no, is and important. I, I think they're very kind of honest to what they are mm -hmm. as well. Ra um, Rachel Roddy, Rachel I think Roddy. is such a good writer. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, she writes so well, so well, so imaginative. Uh, Simon Hopkinson, I think, is great. I love everything that Jeremy Lee writes. I think he's so funny. Mm. Um, just reading now the um, Alison Roman's cookbook that just came out. That's, she's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it's nice to have a funny cookbook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like but they are, I think they're becoming, like, they really are stories as well, I think. Yeah, I think they have to be, be because, you know, anyone can kind of go on Google and type a name of something they want to cook and a million variations yeah. are going to come up. So the only way a cookbook is viable in any kind of way is if there's a reason to understanding why this food is being cooked somewhere. And I think people are putting a lot more effort into mm -hmm. the cookbooks that, that are being made now. I, th I think more people are cooking now. I think more people are cooking from cookbooks. I think more people are eating more interesting food from kind of all over the world. You think so? I don't yeah. know if it's gone the other way where people are reading it and aspiring to it but not actually but not cooking actually any cooking. of it. Mm. So I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. But you mean just, just buying the cookbooks to mm. keep their plants up? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. hard for you us. Need, I mean, yeah. the plants need to be elevated. They need yeah. sunlight. <laughs> no, but it's hard for us. It's really hard for us to tell because we so, you know, we live for food, breathe and actually eat in that world. So everything around us 
you know, is, is that. So we're not, I don't think we're good. We're the right people to ask because for us, yeah, it's, this yeah. is our universe. No, but like my sister, I say to her, oh, she says, oh, have you got, like, tell me how to make this. I'm like, you have my cookbook. Just, it's just it's there. She's like, no, no, you write too many words. I don't want to oh, read really? it. Oh, really? This is my sister. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, follow the rest but I think a lot of people also want the kind of easy way. People are always looking for the kind of the, yeah. the cheap way. The funniest thing, I think, is when you've made something really sweet. This happens a lot when I, I make this kind of chocolate toffee thing. And they're like, what's in it? Tell me what's in it. Hoping that I'll be like rainbows and green vegetables and <laughs> yeah. stardust, and I'm like chocolate and sugar and butter and, and nuts, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And what about when you're eating out? Then, when you're not eating in the restaurant mm. and you're not eating at home, where do you like to go and eat out? Where's good to go? Mm. Well, there's. Lo- I mean, we tend to eat food that is probably as far removed from the food yeah. we cook in the restaurants. Uh, so a lot of Asian. Um, nice. I love a bit of Asian. Yeah. yeah. I mean. W- in truth, we are. We always say that we always. This is the the recurring theme. We always want the easy way home, so we always eat on the Victoria Line. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot on the Victoria there's Line. There's a lot. Yeah. We have a place for every station, yeah. you know. So have you been to A Wong's? Yes. Yeah, that's oh, the that's Victoria a, one. That's yeah. Victoria. Yeah, yeah, that's Victoria. Yeah. What's in? Does anyone know anything? Pimlico is the only one we don't have a place to eat. Oh, I don't know Pimlico. What is Pimlico? Do you ever see anyone go to Pimlico? <laughs> There's like, that funny... I used to get vintage clothes in Pimlico, but there is... Um, oh, people go to the Tate. People go to the Tate, but there's but that famous the greasy spoon there, isn't there? There's yeah, a yeah, with the tiles. Regency yeah, Cafe, someone yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah go there. You wouldn't there. go there for dinner, would you? Or yeah, is it but nice? I mean, you could do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's... Really, really w- let's have your kind of top, top two restaurants in London to go to. Mm. That aren't yours, obviously. We very rarely go to ours, I have to say. Yeah. It's very stressful to eat yeah. in your own I know, restaurant. Can, All you see imagine. is everything going wrong and yeah. somebody forgetting this and that falling yeah. and that. Like, it's the worst experience ever. But, um, wow, favorite is hard because we go by ease. So, like, the closest to us walking distance is Canton Arms mm-hmm. and Stockwell Continental, which are kind of the same so owners. They're both great, yeah. And they're both great and we yeah. can walk there. So, that already puts them quite up, you know. Yeah. High up there. But like special occasion, mm-hmm. River Cafe. Yeah, Like River birthday, Cafe, River down. Cafe. Every time. Yeah. yeah. But we Me go too. to Roca a lot because it's on Charlotte Street, so yeah. it's walking yeah. distance from work. It, we're very like simple yeah. folk. Lazy. It's about how yeah. we, you know, well, if how you, we can if get you, If we like sign a big contract or have like a big deal, then it's Locatelli. Okay, nice. Yeah, Gymkhana really for nice. Indians, yeah. you know, yeah. even though it burnt, did it reopen after the burning? No, Anyone know? Oh, I don't know. That was not. That was a sad time. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not oh, good. Well. Devastating. Yeah. Trullo, there's lots of actually Trullo. there's lots of really good restaurants. Trullo is on the Victoria Line. Yeah, Highbury yeah. Essington. Yeah. It's the wrong direction for you guys. But it's but still on yeah. the same line, and it's that's okay. Stoke Newington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's the furthest north we go. Is okay. Trullo, yeah, and Black Axe. Which is yeah, yeah. Good. So I always like to end these conversations back in the heart of the kitchen, and I wanted to ask. You're going to have to do this together. Maybe. I don't know if I can give you six. <laughs> but what are your three ingredients that you advise people to always have in their kitchen? Olive oil. Olive oil. It's probably the basics mm-hmm. to everything we do. And good nice, olive oil. Nice like cold, yeah, good yeah. olive oil. A nice one. And actually, there's a lot of debate about what that is. But for us, it's the kind of very Middle Eastern one where it's, uh, it's quite like green still and Peppery. quite young. But it's not, it doesn't have... Well, I shouldn't say this, a lot of Italians will be angry at me. But Italian stuff has like a heat kind of, mm-hmm. which it doesn't have any of that. It's just got like a really kind of raw, olivey greenness to it. Um, Lemons for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Tahini. Mm. Tahini. That's three. Yeah. There's two of you. Let's let's go. Yeah, it could be. Well, a let's bit go more. for six. Cumin. Has cumin. Cumin we use so like much. so much of cumin it. Cumin seeds or cumin seeds. Yeah. Like ground cumin. Ground yeah. Cumin. yeah. So it's a, it's ca- first of all it's the base to uh, all almost all our spice mixes. Mm-hmm. And on its own it's just vital. So good. Yeah. 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 In a salsa as well, it's so good. It just, yeah. pu- you know, it gives an earthy kind of note to everything. So it just, yeah. Yeah, I think with this we can work. You can work with that. Yeah. But, no? but you know, it wasn't easy, always easy to and get chocolate. good Middle Eastern garlic. chocolate. Chocolate and garlic. We've got it. Yeah. We've got that's six. It. Yeah. That's it. Is that six? Yeah. I think we fit. Even though can can I can even lose garlic for um, chocolate almonds. Almonds. Al- almonds oh wow! Good, yeah. yeah, almonds over ch- garlic. Yeah. Almonds, you're probably right. All my because all almonds. Yeah, almonds. It's just like it's the ba- a basis almonds of in a the good rice, moist cake almonds and everything. Like, almonds. Mm, delicious. With, I mean, you can get good tahini these days, but, you know, it, it was a struggle to find good tahini kind of five years ago. Did you, did you, did you struggle to get kind of good Middle Eastern ingredients? Well, we we always bought, we, we started, you know, you could always get it. It was just like hard to find and expensive. It's now kind of a little bit easier to find a little bit cheaper. But we would just buy, you know, for the restaurant, we would buy retail Lebanese tahini from yeah. Green Valley. And we would pay so much money on it. It's crazy how much money we would pay for it. And then we started kind of beg to get like wholesale prices. And they were like, no. Uh, which why should they? But now we find a wholesale supplier of, of good. good Lebanese yeah. tahini. So, yeah. There's good tahini. Belazu tahini. For any tahini lovers out there, Belazu tahini. I've not tried the Belazu one It's yet. really good. Yeah. Yeah? There's yeah. lots of really good ones now. And I, you know, actually, I th- always think the, the advantage of the UK is you get ingredients yeah. from all over the world mm-hmm. because it's an open market. Like for us growing well, up, well, no. let's, hope. Yeah, let's yeah. wait and see. For, dun, like, dun, dun. for the next <laughs> 45 minutes or so. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, then we might have, be having a completely different conversation yeah, about knows. not having restaurants. But because um, <laughs> we can't get any of the food for them. But uh, here, like where we grew up, because there's all the issues with politics and everything, we never got this variety of, of yeah. ingredients because there's like borders and you can't cross foods. And here, we get stuff from Lebanon, from, from Iran, from Iraq, from, well, from Syria, and sadly, right now, no, but, you know, all these things, and you can get amazing produce here, but you do have to, like, really seek mm-hmm. it out, it doesn't, you know, it's not in Tesco's. Yeah, no, that's true, it's definitely not in Tesco's. So, last question, then, if you could have three people to your ultimate dinner party, who would you have, and why? Assuming we are both there? You're, you're both there at the same yeah. time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you would be my first choice. Aww, Aww. Now you return no. the coffee. Okay. <laughs> I've spoken to you. You're like, I want a different three people. <laughs> I've spoken to you enough. Um, I'd actually, in the same kind of tone, I'd really like to meet Itamal's father. He passed away before we mm-hmm. ever got together. So that oh. would. Yeah, that's very sweet as well. That's very moving. Okay, but uh, <laughs> I think it's important to to know a person. You, you, it's you know, we take for granted that you know that you meet their parents and stuff like that, but we never have. So I, I would choose him. That's really nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need another two. Is that okay. it? Ah, and Rachel and Julia, I think. Is probably. that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And Louisa. Well, you're going too many people. Yeah, that's our the girls that work with us since we opened. That's so nice. Yeah, and they're great. They're so important to everything we do. Mm-hmm. 
And what would you cook? The celebration amazing lamb with all the well, juices? No, Rachel won't eat that. Rachel doesn't eat anything. The fish. Yeah. <laughs> the salty fish. Well, probably roasted chicken. Yeah. Okay, nice. Something, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, really. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for that. That was fantastic. It was so brilliant to sit down and chat with you. I could go on forever. Um, But I'm going to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.